It was hard to get your mind around all of it until a frozen man's feet poked up from the bottom of an elevator shaft. People knew he was there, but instead of calling the cops, they took pictures of him and walked away. His name was Johnny Redding. This is the frozen man's brother. We'll see each other in the hereafter when the Lord judges us all. You know, we love each other, what we do for each other, what we haven't done for each other. We're going to have to account for it. So what's important is how we treat one another. A person. A person. You know, I'm not going to see him in the next life. And that's the way I was raised. Period. Breaking this double or bullshit, double or bullshit. You sound good, Karen. What? Okay. Oh, it's not even plugged in. That's cool. So, so while you're doing that, A B C D E F G. Yes. Craig, staff. <laughs> this is I fixed it. <laughs> Way to go, man. Way to move. You move so fast and so fat. What? Yeah, high school pulling guard. Okay. Yeah. Hey, on, man. You do listen. All right. Now listen. Now listen, folks. Big, big, big show here. Uh, we got Dan Miller. We want to put Dan at the bottom third of the program. Gives you the sweetener to listen. Dan Miller, voice of the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. We finally, basically, we got a playoff game. Yep. They're going to Green Bay. They're going to play in Lambeau Sunday night. Fired up. Karen, you fired up? Sure. Hey, Uh this town needs something, man. That's good news. Positivity. Start out one and six, and this last game of the season matters. Now, is that going to be a microcosm of the city? Like, we've been losing all this time, and then all of a sudden we're going to finally make it to something somewhere? No, it's just football. All right. No, I I could see, though, if they win, right? Mayor Mike Duggan looking like Bob Costa staring up at everybody going, eh, it's a parade. <laughs> and somebody walk in. Are we getting robbed? <laughs> Maybe. Are we? Where are you going? Oh, we, we are getting robbed. The Republicans be- have walked in. Oh, no. It's your best dress. Which guess. brings me to the next subject that we're going we're gonna to bring up tonight. The crime situation. The numbers. You're, they're being lied to. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I hear. They're being lied to. Car theft, carjacking, homicide. They won't even tell us. And nobody's asking. Well, because then that compromises a narrative, Charlie. You know, if you start talking about the realities, uh, then it's like, well, wait a minute. Is this city really a new Detroit? Well, we'll get to it. But like somebody should have asked it. They should. One person did. George Hunter. Detroit yes, News. He, he got some imagine. preliminary numbers. And then I called to check the preliminary numbers. And you're going to be shocked. 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 You're supposed to do that, hippie. Like, shock, shock. You know, the camera goes, shock, 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 Gonna be shock. Okay, and um, this from the vault of a, a, a Politico dude that just walked in trying to rob us. Told you so, Karen. What'd we tell him? 
Karen's getting texted <laughs> by all the media mm-hmm. who likes to pretend they know what's going on. What happened, well, Karen? But, but we, we called it. We talked about it some time ago when we said uh, there was going to we'll be We'll get into po- it all. What, okay. what, it, what did... Debbie Stabenow said that she would not run for re-election. Hmm. Remember hearing that somewhere? Vaguely. Hmm. hmm. And what was Duggan going to do? Well, we were guessing, you know, whether or not... Not guessing, we're hearing. Okay, well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We're hearing, but at, at this point, it's a political shuffle. Charlie, let's wait until we talk about it. Let's, Stabbing let's, all these, let's Duggan go. going, they, okay, yeah. the musical chairs, that's way to go, point. Karen. And, and all, Charlie. All of a sudden, everybody needs to know. Yeah, but Isn't you it know, nice to get older, work the phones, know now, what's going on, and I, then tell the public? Yeah, I, I guess it is, but you know... Do your homework. <laughs> Telling you, know, you, pay attention. You, it's not that difficult. All right, so we'll do all that. But look, I'm gonna, I, I, I gotta do this. That opening. Okay. The Detroit Frozen Man. Mm-hmm. It's the anniversary of me writing that story like 14 years ago. But here, here's what happened the last couple of days. Look at me over here, man. Yeah. Want to have a conversation with you? Yeah. This I hear you. Is hard for me. Yeah. So there's a. Artist installation at Cranbrook at the at the museum. There's a guy named Scott Hawking. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a couple calls this week and people went to this show. And they're like, hey, you know, he's got a video installation in there of kayaking the rouge. Really? Oh. Kayaking the rouge. Hmm. I kayak the that rouge. That sounds very, as I said, it sounds very familiar. You got any of my tape? I kayak, I kayak the rouge. It's not in any museum. Here's a little bit of it, it should for be. you. There's a little bit of it. Stay with me on this. There's a point to all this. 12 miles, 20 log jams, two chicken burgers, one capsizing. If day one's leg was a choke jungle and day two's was a placid pool of botulism, then the last leg was big water and heavy metal. Plant, a perch, and a prophylactic. Pretty much says it all, doesn't it? So after 23 miles, thousands of strokes, 121 log jams, magnificent wildlife, and witness to the heartbreaking destruction of our world, we make the final turn at the Zug Island Steel Plant. There at the mouth of the Detroit River, where the brown water meets the blue, is my friend Steve Lengnick aboard his sailboat, the Licorice. It's a sight for swollen eyes. Stuck in the mud. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. Love that shot where the All right, so you can go piece. to I did it in 2013. You know, the whole entire length of it. What's going on with our ecosystem and what's Detroit look like in the watershed and why the freeways flood, that's the place. All right. My man Scott Hawking must certainly know if you're a renowned artist around here that I did that. But yet He's got an installation of what I did with the quarantine. I kayaked the same thing, except you began kayaking in 2019 because 
<laughs> your piece is online. Yeah. And here's a little bit of what that looks like. It's up at the museum at Cranbrook. You want to go see it. It's a museum piece. There it is. And there's some tip of a kayak and a camera and he's floating around in his fluffy clouds, <laughs> COVID isolation. You can go on his Instagram and see all the... Oh, there's, there's some ruined porn. There's some ruined porn. No. You know, mm. bada bing. And some funky jazz is playing now. Okay, is that right? Yeah, there's a ruined porn of a big ship. Okay, and the jazz is playing. It's not Motorhead or anything. <laughs> no, All right, I'll kill it. It's artsy, it's jazz. All right, look. I don't own the Rouge River. Right. I'm not the first person to take film on the Rouge River. I'm certainly not saying I own the Rouge River, right? I'm not making a judgment about art. But this motherfucker, Scott Hawking, and I got a little business, and you should know maybe don't cross what I do. Because I want to tell you a little story that I never told. And it's been a sore spot since I've been here. It really hurt. And looking back at it and Googling what happened, mm -hmm. the history's not settled here. Okay. So you all remember the frozen man in the elevator shaft that I wrote about. There's a photo here. His feet yes. are sticking out. His feet are on a pillow, no less. I, remember I didn't know if, if it was even really a person. There was a hockey game going down mm -hmm. in the bottom of a book repository. It had filled up with water. It froze over. And all these hipster urban environment, uh, not environmentalists. Uh, uh, explorers. Explorers. Yeah, urban explorers, yeah. We're playing. Mm -hmm. And Scott Hawking, the photographer, he specializes in this. Mm -hmm. I go into Detroit's abandonment. I find objects. I build art. I take photographs mm -hmm. of it and I leave it. Well, his most famous piece of object that he left behind was this frozen man. Yeah. He was there, hired by a Dutch photographer as the tour guide to photograph these guys playing in our ruins and everything that's broken down about us so the guy could go back to Amsterdam mm -hmm. and tell him what a fucking failure we are. And that was huge, Dan. Remember, we had tons of people coming into the city. We were going that. bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. GM, Chrysler, Ford, everything fell apart. The city was, you were there trying to manage a crash landing, for God's sake. So apparently, somebody goes to take a piss, and Scott Hawking finds this man. The Dutch guy comes over, they all, him and a hockey player, like three people taking pictures of this man. What did they do? Hockey player goes back and plays hockey. Scott Hawking and the Dutch guy go off and have a fucking corned beef sandwich. A corned beef fucking sandwich. Now my brother, who knows the hockey player that took a photo, mm -hmm. the hockey player showed it to my brother. And my brother said, the fuck is the matter with you? You left him there. And the guy said, I got a bunch of trespassing tickets. I was worried. What? My brother goes, let me fucking handle it. So he calls me. I go, man, it's a hoax. It's a mannequin. I'll meet you. I go there. We go down in there. I poke the thing. I'm not sure what it is. Mm -hmm. I kind of move the frozen pant like there's hair on this leg. This is a man. This is a human mm -hmm. being who was left in the ice. This is a couple days later. Nobody mm -hmm. did shit for this guy. So I wrote the story. Mm -hmm. And I called 911. And I told the police, there's a dead man in there. 
The next day, the dead man's still there. And I wrote, what's become of the collective heart? Mm -hmm. What's happened? And people got angry. Why would you come home to Detroit? It had been here a year. And you're putting this out about mm -hmm. us. Because I'm from here. And we don't have to let this happen. This isn't normal. You... Mark, it wasn't an opinion piece. You're but, reporting yeah. what you saw. When you it's see not... a dead human being, what's the first thing you well, do? I, I, when you were... Wait, wait. The question is, when you see a dead human being, what's the first thing you do, or you think you would do? You would you would call the the authorities. You'd call nine one one. Wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. Why? Well, because one possibly a crime or something has happened. This person uh, is is deceased. I mean, there's man. a there's a process that has to be. He followed. belongs to you somebody. You don't just step over that person and keep going. You don't take a picture and just. It's not you know, art. It's not art. It's 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 life. I mean, no, you don't do that. The irony of them of you know the hockey player and the the, the photographer and uh, the reporter from what'd you say Netherlands? Yeah, that they see. A person who's lost their life and then they just go on living their own is, is pretty well, heavy, man. But, well, 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 but think about this, though. It's a forgotten person. Well, yeah, that, but they That's, were here for a different reason. No, I know. Here, let me give you some more of the okay. background. Okay. Okay. I write the story. It mm -hmm. goes fucking international. Mm -hmm. In fact, the Dutch guy yeah. takes his, his photograph and puts it on the front page of an Amsterdam paper. Okay. <laughs> and I cause a stir. So here's what happens. Mr. Hawking, I'm not going to judge you whether you were a coward or you don't know about real life or when things come upon you or when planes hit the tower, if you're going to run towards it or run away from it. You're going to know who you are at the moment. Mm -hmm. But what happened was there's a dinner party a couple of weeks, couple of days, whatever it was after I ran that story. It had the art crowd the the um not the hipster art crowd but the establishment mm -hmm. art crowd mm -hmm. establishment media establishment politicos they're sitting there having dinner and this guy hawking goes he misrepresented it and we need somebody to look into laduff and his brother mm -hmm. hmm. okay so now the hit piece is out like you you commission a piece to hit me and my brother for getting a man back to his family and you heard from his brother. Shame, man. And that piece seemed to want to attack you because um, you went down there with uh, to, to report on it before you called 911, which, okay. They, of course, not, I'm, I'm going to, before I a, call it. It's a story. It's still a story. No, too. it's a human being. And before I know I, a cop. They're not mutually. Yeah. A, a personal cop to get this thing done. I got to make sure that that's not a mannequin or a right, hoax. Right. The fact remains, one person called the police. And that's really, or 911. And that's really what the article was about. Besides the dead man that was forgotten was the lack of Look, response. That's exploitative. Take me off my jump, man. Look. The free press, everybody's pulling on this guy like he's yeah. he's some kind of story you need to, you know, have your peace. So the free press is pulling on his legs yeah, like yeah. he's a like a fucking wishbone. Yeah. And and they're writing stories that I didn't call 911. That I that the police said they never got the call, and all of a sudden now we're believing the police are responding to 911. <laughs> okay. So I get an I get an email from this hawking guy, and he says. Well, you know, 
there were homeless men living in the book repository and I was thinking about the living human beings and obviously the man had been down there a while and he wasn't going anywhere. So while I was having this corned beef sandwich, I was plotting what I should do. What? Okay, so when was he supposed to be taken out? In the spring thaw when he rots? That's crazy. Well, what are you talking about, dude? So they do the hit. They're not coming to hit. I cried. I'm going to be honest. This, this is when me and the establishment, whether it's the art scene or the political scene or the media scene, like, man, y'all garbage. Mm -hmm. You don't own this place. You, you're, yeah. su you're supposed to capture its soul. Not fucking cannibalize it. And you know when you, you can't pick a guy out of the ice, you got fucking problems. So, and I'm coming to the end. I didn't read that whole story till people were telling me this weekend. And I'm like, motherfucker, put the hit out. And I cried. And I called my mom glum. I didn't cry to my mom. And I said, Ma, what did we do? She goes, all I know is my boys did the right thing. That's what my boys, and I was good enough for that. So then me and my brother called this hocking dude. What's with the hit, motherfucker? Meet me at Honest John's over there in the cast corner. We paid for the drinks because we ain't taking a drink from this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And he showed up in army fatigues with a captain's insignia to which my brother made a face because he's a vet. Mm -hmm. mm, 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 mm. And again, Y'all profited on them. When, when you ordered the hit and the Metro Times wrote it and you called the photographer back in the Netherlands, the, he gave you the quotes. You never called my brother. You printed his name. You never called him. And the Metro Times bought the photograph from the Dutch guy for 70 bucks and put it on their front. Hmm. So what was this really all about? Does it sound like I'm settling the score? Because it's a scar. And I want history to show. No, dude, I apologize to the people of Detroit. Yeah, the police were incompetent and underfunded and everything. But the one whose soul was cold was yours, Scott. And you should say something. It was garbage, dude. And I, I, I'm not trying to settle the score. I just want history to know. You have a right to be upset, though, Charlie. But, you know, I mean, there's there's something else in all of this and how this guy handled this whole thing. That's the whole exploitative approach, the detachment, the, the lack of concern, the lack of care that people come in. They do the flyovers. They do the, you know, the drive bys to try to take the pulse of a place that they know nothing about, that they care nothing about. Well, apparently and this, that they, this, is the, this is the renowned artist from around well, the Detroit but, area. But what does that mean, though? What does it, that mean? It means he can take his art and go show but, it up but, at but, but my point is, is that this is a person that doesn't know this city. He doesn't care about this city. He I, doesn't even well, care You don't about, know that. Well, yeah, I do well, know well, that, You don't Charlie. know that. Yeah, I do. And let the, me tell you All I know why. is the dude left a dead dude, and, and then he tried to commission a piece to fucking push it on somebody else. And that's indicative of a person who doesn't care. Anybody that sees a dead person or a person in need, and they exploit that and walk by it and go mm -hmm. eat, they don't care. They don't care. I don't care how you frame it, Charlie. You cannot say that that guy cares about anything other than what he came to do, and that was to elevate his sad. brand at the expense of somebody it else. Makes me sad. It should. 
And so I just did it. Y'all know Scott? I know we all know each other. Go ahead, dude. Make your videos. Collect your pieces. And forget it ever happened. I never will. And I never put you in there. I didn't do to you what you did to me and my brother. I could take it. What you did to my brother. All you all are bullshit and we're over it. And I don't care if you want to line up. I don't care. College for Creative Studies, DIA, City Hall, Police Headquarters. I don't care because I love you. And if it happened to you, I will be there. I know I will. I know because I have. And people that know you, Charlie, know that. Who is this guy? I mean, this was somebody like so many people were doing at that time. Mark, we were talking about, you know, the whole ruined porn and mm -hmm. everybody's coming in and trying to show the struggle of Detroit, the decline of Detroit and benefit from it. And I that's, was accused of that myself. Karen, right? I'll, I'll give you one guess. Who, uh, who do you think is putting on his installation up at Cranbrook? Who do you think the, the money is behind the it? underwriter? Yeah. Who's the underwriter? The um, Gilbert family. <laughs> Excellent. Well, good for, I mean, but, that's but, the guy's job. Well, good for him, whatever. But I'll tell you this too. People, it's all connected. People though. buy into the perception of things. They're like, oh, this is getting a lot of attention. This is what, and that's why he's a renowned, I mean, come on. You, we, yeah. we know about fluff. Okay. And you know, we do. I don't care if you're a lobbyist or you work for the auto company or you work for the power company and I don't like him. I don't care because I'm not lying. Mm -hmm. This is real stuff. That's true. What else is in that art installation? Is he eating dog food? Is he sitting with a squatter? Well, I mean, you, can see, you can see it limited time only at Cradbook. Uh, Google it. And, uh, you I'm can only check out his Instagram. I'm only bringing that up because those you. are things you did, <laughs> just like the kayaking. I'm sorry. Okay, I know what you're saying. Hey, LaDuff, it's really small and petty of you. Probably. No, it's not. No, it's Maybe. Not. Charlie, hold on. Let me say this. This is a big no. thing in my life. and it. But it's not just that. When people like you like whomever when they put effort behind who they are and what they do you take pride in that it is disingenuous for somebody to come and and i'm not even going to call absorb i mean he just outright stole what you did for his benefit so no you it's not petty that's not petty I, at all i didn't mention motherfucker even i, I wrote because like, you're above that i wrote Charlie. two lines in there like the hockey players were playing mm -hmm. Body was found, they continue to play. Then hockey players are, I got one, I got a call. First of all, more than one hockey player took the picture. So all you hockey player guys, I went back and saw all that too. That's the truth. It was more than just one of you. By the way, two people spectating and one hockey players, the hockey players. I wasn't there, I don't know. But I come to find out, more than one of you did. And you knew, and one of you called up threatening to beat my ass because I ruined your fucking Showtime movie. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened. And the guy's name is Johnny Redding. Yeah. He's Otis Redding's cousin. For history, he's buried now. He got to his family. That was his brother. And I will do the same for your brother. Can anybody, please in this church, tell me they're going to do the right thing. And even if you do the wrong thing, because that's the word, that you repent for it, that you sit with yourself. You don't have a fucking dinner party. No, you don't. You don't. So that's that. If you want to answer, Scott, 
You know where to find me. We know the same people. Congratulations on it. It's really not bad art. It's really quite astounding. <laughs> I know some of his art's kind of... It's really quite astounding. <laughs> it really is. Well, now, having said it, that, yeah. coming up here in the 80s, Tyree Guyton yeah. over at Heidelberg yeah. in 86, the Propeller Group, do you mm -hmm. remember them? Yes. That was the 80s. I was making art from found pieces. Mm -hmm. It was a whole movement mm -hmm. of Michael Kelly. He's the biggest thing ever come out of here. Yeah. God rest his soul. So it's not again, a new medium. Yeah. That's like Brock hung the first cubic cubist painting, and then who's known for it? Picasso. So that's okay. I don't own the river. Nobody owns collected junk, making it art. I'm just saying. There you go, dude. That's what happened, and I'm still waiting for the apology. I really am. Now, speaking of the afterworld. <laughs> Remind you to consider Luke Nowacki for your corporal needs. Let's roll that. This message of uplift is brought to you by business and personal wealth advisor Luke Nowacki, who reminds you that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but never enter the kingdom of God? But while you're waiting, Nowacki wants you to remember that overreaction is not a sound financial strategy. So call Luke Nowacki at 248 663-4748 for sound financial advice. Yes, Luke Nowacki. Oh, and uh, Mary Cody Island. You know all about it. Except you don't know the secret menu. <laughs> I've just learned. There's a secret mm -hmm. menu. <laughs> Listen in. I'll wait. Go get a pen. Secret <laughs> menu. Okay, it's like in and out. Secret menu. Do you know about the, the five hundred? No. Anybody? The five hundred is a double coney dog. Oh. Two two oh. dogs, all the fixings. Nice. That's the five hundred. Sounds like a mark kind that of That comes I mean, from Vegas in a group carbs. In a group of high rollers who convene every year and they wanted something special. It's the five hundred. Cool. It's now being imported to Detroit from the Vegas store. And don't forget the Cirque Hotel and Victory Burger. Right? There's movement going around. Okay. Oh, he's getting a piece of paper. He's stealing my, no, okay. he's stealing my coney. There is also, a, uh, excuse me, this, this isn't fucking study hall. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the 500 super special. What's that? It's a 500. <laughs> That's super? With the loose burger. Nice. 500 That's super special. There's the E special. E special, okay. E special is created by E. I'm not going to say who E is. That's secret. a secret secret. That is the chicken tender sliced on a bun with your choice of toppings like ranch, okay. lettuce. Oh, it's delicious. It's it's a favorite of the staff. Is it not, Hippie? Absolutely. You forgot the tomato. Tomato, if that's if that's what you order, order to your Absolutely. liking. Right? There's the G-Dog, which is a gyro. It's not called gyro. Yeah. It's gyro. <laughs> And the peat is delicious here, but I like them in the buns. Nobody ever talks about the <laughs> buns here. They're delicious. They're soft. They're steamed, right? Very tasty. Amazing tensile strength. Can really hold a lot. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> He's showing off his Michigan State tensile. <laughs> yeah, but that's the delicious. And this one, the mound. The mound. The mound, which is chili cheese fries, right? Chili cheese. Topped with loose burger and onions. 
the mound. And I get like to get those hmm. extra crispy. Well, hey, I have one that's on the secret menu what? that only I get. What? It's a loose burger with mustard only. That's it. Hmm. That's, a, that's that's my special. That's the that's the the K dog. That's the K dog. K dog. <laughs> say hey, say hey, Karen. Give me the say hey, Karen. And of course, well, supplies last. There's the soul dog, which is it's the Coney with Levi Johnson's special oh, barbecue yeah, the sauce. sauce. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's pretty cool. So come on down, quarter biscuit Lafayette. That's the secret, and I don't know what the prices are. And do not bitch. Because prices are going up and you have to pay for stuff. You don't get free stuff anymore. Yeah, don't go out to eat if you don't have money. <laughs> right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> and, and tip your servers, especially if they're wearing Generous, skinny jeans. Generously. <laughs> All right, now let's, let's move along here. Um, the Detroit crime numbers for 2022. Are you putting headphones back on now? Well, we got a guest coming on. Oh, I need to hear. Where are the crime numbers? There Um, aren't any crime numbers. LA's posted crime numbers. They do it every day. New York, mm -hmm. Chicago, Baltimore. Where's ours? We don't have any. (laughs) We don't. But thank God for, because there is a crack crime reporter, Mm -hmm. George Hunter from the Detroit News. He got him and he's reporting that as of December 30th, there were 307 criminal homicides, the same number as there was last year. What's a criminal homicide? I was going to ask, what is that? Criminal homicide is, it was a crime that you killed the motherfucker. A justifiable homicide is self-defense. Okay? So how many of those are there? But but that's putting the cart before the horse because, I mean, this hasn't gone through the, the process of determining whether or not it was justifiable, whether or not there was a crime committed, and who was at fault. Well, that's what I called homicide bureau, and I called police headquarters, and they're like, we can't give you the numbers because we're not sure that there were 307 criminal homicides. I'm like, you mean some of them might have been justifiable? Exactly. I go, how about a total Mm -hmm. homicide number? Right. Because Detroit, by FBI statistics from two years ago, last year you can't believe because nobody was reporting, that one out of 20 Citizen taking the life of a citizen justifiably, one out of every 20 in the entire United States happened in Detroit. This is a huge number. This tells you, I don't have any belief in the police. I can't wait for the police. The police aren't coming. They're Mm -hmm. not police. This is huge. Where's the fucking mayor? Where's the numbers? Okay, another thing. Hunter reports, very excellent reporter, by the way. Um, Car theft. This is mm. tangible things. Car theft is up 50 fucking percent. Carjackings, here's a gun, get the fuck out of your car. Mm-hmm. They're up 25%. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see what happened around here on New Year's night? Right here, right downtown. Right downtown. They were drifting and spinning mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, bumper carring right here. Car. No fucking police. And then when the police come, Nobody, none of the kids get out of the street. And I love this town, but I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Never mind it. Okay? Never mind it. Guy's over there on the board. They're looking for it. <laughs> it's part of the whole B-roll. So yeah. 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 Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it's it's locked in. Yeah. Okay. So, we've had, according to my crack detective buddy, 
15 homicides since the 31st. 15? Mm-hmm. Wow. Can I confirm that? No, because nobody's answering the goddamn phone. Mm-hmm. You got some questions. Hey, Mr. Mayor, where are you? You out there doing a press conference about bullshit um, jobs numbers because mm-hmm. nobody's looking for a job anymore. They dropped out of it. And, and nobody at this press conference is going, what's up with crime, dude? It's through the fucking roof. Murder is up 15% since 2019, and non-fatal shootings are up 25%. If you do not believe me, I would like to welcome in Detroit Scanner John. You there, bro? I am, Charlie. How the hell are you? I'm real good, bro. Uh, By the way, nobody knows who Scanner John is. I know who Scanner John is, but let's just say he's former law enforcement. You know what John's been doing for the last decade? Monitoring Mm -hmm. the scanner. John... What do you hear sitting up night after night, posting night after night about violence in this city? Well, it, it's not exactly butterfly kisses and unicorn farts, okay? I mean, there's, there's, the crime is completely out of fucking control. And I tell you what, you go up to any guy on the street, any cop or woman on the street, and you tell them about these fucking stats, and they're going to laugh in your fucking face. What is it? Okay. You, you, the yeah. reason the reason you're not the reason you're not getting these fucking numbers right now or the correct numbers is because they're busy fucking cooking the numbers. Continue. They're taking stuff that preach. I'm sorry. Preach. Keep going. All right. They're taking these these. First of all, the guys out there, they're fucking tired. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of them are tired. That's why they're leaving in droves right now. They're tired of the bullshit. They're tired of this toxicity. They're leaving in droves, going to places where they're actually, you know, liked and respected. And paid. But regardless, <laughs> these, they're, they're going out there and they're making these arrests. Let's say they're going to a domestic violence call, for instance. They're arresting these people five, six, seven times. They go to the 36. And what the fuck does the 36 do? Let them go. They let him go. The court. They let him fucking go. Okay? The DDC is a whole uh, is a hotel of sorts. That's the lockup. They lock don't up. spend very much time there on mound. Yep. They're let, they're let go. As far as murders are concerned, oh, there's a hell of a lot of murders you're not hearing about because what happens is, is that they can't really figure out what the hell is going on. Oh, that guy in the backyard's got a fucking hole in his head and he's dead right there. Wait. You know, how oh, you, that must be a suicide. How do you? Well, how, wait a minute. There's no fucking gun on this scene. How could it be a suicide? They're cooking the numbers, Charlie, because they don't want to make Chief White look bad. What they're going to want to do is they want to make Chief Craig look bad. Mm, mm, mm. Now, I'll, in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait, 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 wait. Say in that the again estimate, for clarity. I'm, I'm talking about what the guys in the streets think. Remember, I got the ears of the the. The men and women who are on the street doing this shit every day. 16 hours a day. 16 is a new eight. Hmm. So what they're doing is they're going out there and doing everything they can. They're getting burned out because no one is supporting them. You know, the, the, the DPD is more concerned with whether your body camera is on or whether your fucking uniform looks good than anything else. They're more concerned about you violating policy than anything else. Let me let me give a little story here real quick. Like Karen's asking Chief White, Chief Craig. What it is is the numbers got to go down. 
No, I got it. Okay. I wanted him to say it again so people understood numbers, what he was saying. The numbers not only got to go down from chief to chief, mm -hmm. but for each chief, the numbers got to go down each year. And they were going down at such a ridiculous rate. Okay, they're, they're saying now that violent crime in total has gone down, but that's a oh, great big God. giant envelope called aggravated assault. That's me hitting yeah. you with the board. That's me kicking you with the foot. That's me pulling a gun on you. That's me shooting you. These are these mm -hmm. are these are me stealing your car. Those are easy to manipulate, and, and if you notice, all the numbers went up except that one. That one went down, and if you don't respond to a call, it's not a crime. Right. So, a couple years ago. Craig got in trouble because the FBI wouldn't take the numbers. They were mm -hmm. so bad that the following year, they had the head of the ATF, the head of the DEA, the head of the FBI, the head of the U.S. Attorney's Office, the, the mayor and the chief with all these graphs talk about how crime went down. And I went, hmm. And I went back home to my desk because I keep such reports. And I'm like, the crime numbers from last year are higher when you reported them than you're reporting them now from last year. You just... Change the numbers from last year. It's a fucking joke. There's a reason that Michigan is number four in the mm -hmm. United Van Lines study every year. People moving the fuck out of here. Yep. Now, we got the governor and the attorney general and the secretary of state putting out TikTok videos. Look at us. We're Charlie's Angels. We're here. You're not solving anything. Play it. Oh. All right. Mm -mm. It's a joke. Now, I don't, I don't like that, Charlie. And I said, you know, when I did a column a few weeks ago, kind of in a very nice way that the governor shouldn't try to be the cool mom. Like, I don't, we need leaders. I don't need the cultural appropriation. I don't need you to pretend that you know about something that you don't know about because all the kids that are working for you are telling you that this is the way to do it. I just, I, I don't like that. You know and what I, else? I just, I'm sorry? You know what else? What? I don't need you saying, well, it's a trend across the United States. I don't live across the United right. States. Yeah. I live here. I don't. And I if just, you're, you're running for president, then give me a fucking solution instead of giving every special interest some money except the special interest, which is the people of this town's life. But people think that that works. You know, somebody said it does work. You know, they were like, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't criticize the governor because it, it, it got her, you know, another win. But it hasn't gotten any wins do, for the people that she represents. Right. Do we win? Hey, uh, Detroit Scanner John, do we win? Yeah. No. No, I, you know what? You know, I'm not I'm not that much into politics, to be quite honest with you. I just re, I, I'm just concerned with results. OK, that's politics. I don't care if you're Democrat, you're Republican, you're, you're independent. I care about the people on the fucking street. I care about the citizens of Detroit, the good citizens who are working their ass. Pause off right there, John. Did you did you hear me? Did you hear me say a political party? They're all fucking bullshit. Bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Bullshit. It's all your bullshit. Sir, your first concern should be the people of your state. And of your city. Say it and again. Ain't happening. Say it I'm again. Sorry. Amen. It Say it happening. again. Say it again. It should be said, the people. It should be the citizens of your state and the citizens of your cities. That's where the importance lies. And speaking and happening. speaking of fucking appendages sticking out of the ground, my good friend Charlie Langton, hardest working man in journalism business, sends a report just the other day, a line worker... Because the power mm -hmm. went out again. 
sees two fingers sticking out of a ground in the yard. Mm-hmm. Are we going to count that last year or this year? Van Dyke. A body was found in a shallow grave by a DTE contract worker on Wednesday. The FBI was called out to assist Detroit police in identifying the body. We don't know the gender, but it was found in a shallow grave. Apparently the DTE worker saw a hand sticking out of the ground right in the back of this house. And uh, and that's that. So That's crazy. I guess in the end, it's, it's about this, uh, John and Karen and everybody out there. Let me just... Y'all got to fucking behave yourself. Murder's a sin. I don't care how angry you are. It's a fucking it's sin. There's nothing any of us can do if you don't want to be part of the fucking human family. But think about all the stuff, and, and Scanner John can tell you probably more. People just see what they see on the news. But think about all the stuff that you don't hear about. Think about the things that aren't reported. Think about the things that, you know, never make it, you know, to the news or to social media. Yeah. Everything you hear, everything you hear on the news or on your cop shows is sanitized. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you can't, you can't put the st- kind of stuff that I throw up on my page uh, on the news or uh, on your whatever cop show you prefer. It's all sanitized. It's terrible out there right now it's terrible for the good citizens of detroit it's horrible for the cops who are out there doing they're trying to do their best because they're not getting any support from anybody including top brass and brother it's all over the state we've got we've got nine of the most violent we've got nine of the most violent cities in america all i know about is detroit okay well i'm 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 trying to fucking educate people beyond detroit (laughs) lansing it's your problem saginaw flint jackson battle creek grand rapids it's all it's (laughs) all of our issue it's an inkster it's all of our issue we we got to be a human family over here okay now a uh listen um, John, where can people yeah. re- people people follow you? Very, very eye-opening, very important work you're doing. Where where can they find your work? Well, they can find me on uh, Facebook at the Detroit Scanner, and also on Twitter, which is just Detroit Scanner. All right, I'll, we'll leave it at that. Those man. are the places you can find me. Thank you for the, the work you're doing. It's it's important, and you know. Hey, hey, Charlie, Charlie. Can, can, next time, can we do EMS? Because I got a lot to say about them too. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> w- w- within within the next month, we'll have you back. Does that work? There you go. Let's do All a right, special man. on that because we'll, Thanks, real man. real Thanks quick, nothing's changed. On. Nothing's changed with them ambulances. But, no. you, but you know, John said something. He said, you know, they want to make sure that the chief looks good. But it goes beyond that. The mayor has yeah, exactly. delivered a narrative. Yes. And what happens in the police department has to support and not compromise that narrative. Yes, that's that's right. that's, that's politics one on one. That is. That's 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 ev- and every police department's doing this. Yeah. So it has nothing, you know, I mean he's just a, a pawn in the game, but the but the true story has to support the narrative. But I don't, out of the let's go like I don't get this. I don't know why the Baltimore Sun keeps its own database. I don't know why the LA Times keeps its own database and we don't do shit. And I've been asking forever, why aren't we doing it? Why keep a database when you have press releases? Yeah, there you go. Now, listen, if I told you about car theft and Detroit, you know you pay Hmm. the most exorbitant insurance in the world. I'm going to tell you, and this is the truth, 
how to bring the number down. You call legacy partners. It's not, it's not going to be Birmingham prices, but you're paying $4,000 a year, $4,000. How much you pay for your car insurance? I'm not even going to tell you. Charlie. Okay. Is it, is it around four? Oh no, it's more way. Oh my God. I mean, but I've got, I've got, you know, more than one car. So, I mean, collectively is it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's, it's too much. Call legacy much. partners who shop for you. They don't gouge you. They find you a lower price. They get their commission there. They, man, I, I can't say enough. Their customer service is great. Cause I just had to take over my lease that expired. And mm -hmm. they're like, you got to contact your insurance. And then the, the bank sent me this thing. I'm like, I don't know what this is. So I just sent it to me. He goes, I got it. But, look, I but, got but it. let me give the number. Okay. 586-209-4106. I'm telling you, I'm t it's no cost to you to call. They'll do the work. They'll yep. come with a number. You like the number, you go with it. 586-209-4106. They're doing all my stuff now. And I'm saying let them check because you've been misled to believe that the high insurance rate is because of unlimited personal injury protection. And so people say, oh, let me cut it so I can save yep. money. Yep. Don't. Don't that, just don't do that. That's not, and and by the way, Detroiters and 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 basically much of Michigan pays way more than the average in America yep. mm -hmm. for your home. Yeah. Okay, your home, your home is your asset. Over forty percent of Americans don't have five hundred in their emergency fund. A lot of people don't realize they can use the equity in their home to put themselves in a better financial situation. You are. Drowning in credit card debt, get that rate lower. Get a cash out refi from Hall Financial that can help relieve financial stress and keep you and your family prepared for the future. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current home, you need to call Hall Financial first, 866-CALL-HALL, or get started by going to callhallfirst.com. ADR, you need to get things done. You're working with the city. You're working with big corporations. They've overseen more than a quarter billion dollars in private and public construction projects since the turn of the century. Reduce your costs. Increase your bottom line. ADR. Honest, ethical, smart. Call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Get the job done right on time and on budget. ADR. 248-318-9424. And finally... My internet went out. Who do you call when your internet goes out? You call XG Service Group. Matt Yaskovitz at 734-245-4100. Today, they were on poles hanging cameras. <laughs> on poles. For the train crossings. So you don't oh. get hit by a train or you can use an app to know that your way home, because, man, you're up there in Shelby Township. You're over in Warren. You're over there in Brownstown, right? Yep. We don't have bridges for the trains. Yep. They're installing the cameras so you can get around. I mean, that's what they do. They do hmm. internet protocol. They do voiceover. They do fast food. They do all of it. They do the racetracks. Because now I see the cameras in, at Starbucks. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> hey, Bernie. I did not let, know that. Let me get a double Bernie with a splash of mad at 734-254-4100. Okay. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> now, listen. Real quick, man. Let's go Lions. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I grew up hating the Lions because they hated me. What? Why? They hated you. Man, I was like 10 years old. Yeah. Watch with grandpa. They lose on Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, no playoffs. Right? I'm on the way to college. They lose. <laughs> it's, it's dark. It's winter. Here comes 60 minutes and the Lions are out. Yeah. They're out. They're out. They're out. 
a little bit of turnaround. Now we got a big game. We got a big game. It is uh, Sunday night, 8.30, mm -hmm. live at Lambeau Field. The Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. And we, special treat, have the voice of the Detroit Lions. Dan Miller recorded earlier. Fucking great guy. We roll that. All right, really happy to welcome back to the program the voice of the Detroit Lions, Dan Miller, and the sports director at Fox 2 News. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing, Charlie? Good. Let me just take this time to give you a quick BJ, man. I I <laughs> love sports. I again? love sports. Love again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he got you speechless. Look at That's he's in. Rare. Well, no, I just <laughs> noticed the camera dropped, and he's in his underpants. I mean, I didn't know we having tubing on. <laughs> Dan, uh, uh, I gotta gosh. say, man, I. Why do you remain in the Detroit market? You're probably, and I mean this, the 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 best play by play man in any sport in the United States of America. I truly believe wow. that. I appreciate that. Um, probably some others would would uh, disagree, but listen, no, I, I'm blessed, man. I've been I've been working at Fox Two for 25 years. Uh, they've been phenomenal to me. Um, I have worked with great people. I've had the Lions gig for 18 years. It would be hard for me to envision anything that I could do that I'd have two jobs that would dovetail together like that and and work like that and and have both of my employers understand my duties on the other side. So I appreciate that. And I just, I feel really blessed. I think, you know, my, my dreams that I had as a young man and as a kid to do things like this have been realized by what I'm doing now. So it's really hard for me to look, you know, other places and, and think about, you know, what it would be, unless you're going to give me Joe Buck's job and like 18 million bucks. <laughs> Um, I'm really blessed. Case in point, way better than Joe Buck. And uh, I don't know they, about that. I'm a big Joe Buck fan. That's so. great, but you know he's just not as good, and that's that. And obviously, you've been rewarded with a new office <laughs> since I worked there, Dan. It looks familiar. It might be to me. somebody's old office, actually. And that's my old office. It, and new carpet, and <laughs> yeah, new carpet. Me, <laughs> new carpet, yeah. It, not, it actually not took, even dead. took Woody about a, about a week to take a divot out of it with a golf club. <laughs> Should have seen him down there sewing the carpet back together. It was great. <laughs> well, look, man, 18 years is the, the voice of the lines. It's, sometimes I feel sad for you. It's been a hard road. But who would have thought at the beginning of this season, we were hoping for progress. But this weekend, this is a playoff game at Lambeau. It's, it's a playoff game. We're hoping, you know, we're hoping we need a little bit of help. But any way you look at it, it's uh, when they were one and six, I don't think anybody expected them to be in this position to, you know, be playing for possibly a playoff spot Sunday night against the Packers, in the final regular season game. So, look, uh, hats off to these guys for the turnaround that they had. The one and six start is probably what's now costing them. And there were a couple of winnable games in there that you kind of go, man, if you just could have gotten that. But at any rate, I don't know necessarily that they would have thought, anybody would have thought at 1-6 that they would be playing something meaningful in the final regular season game of the entire 2022 season. If they make the playoffs, would that, would that be a record, All, you know, starting at 1-6 and six and making playoffs? I think Cincinnati did it. I think I want to say Cincinnati in 1970. I've yep. seen the stat somewhere. There was one other team that did it uh, starting 1-6. and six. Now, that was in a 14-game schedule, so that would have been even more of a trick. 
compared to 17. But I mean, look, it doesn't happen often, much less to get back to 500, much less to get back to the point where you have a chance to, to get into the playoffs. I mean, you know, those stats were zero and two starts uh, can be death in the NFL. Now they've expanded the playoffs a little bit and that helps, but um, yeah, one in six starts to get back in it and be playing a game like this is pretty incredible. It's such a slim margin, but uh, the Packers have kind of done the same thing. I mean, they they had a pretty lousy start they that they really eight. clawed back from. So, I mean, yeah, they were four and eight, and and you know, Rogers has kind of talked about the fact that he thought if they could just get it going a little bit, they might be in a win and you're in situation. And right now, that's that's where they are. So. Um, there were a lot of people counting them out, thinking that there was friction between Rodgers and LaFleur and that Rodgers wasn't going to be able to, you know, pull this thing together. And, you know, every time we think of that about him, he just figures out a way to get it done. How did the Lions win it, man? And, and, and who's the MVP of the tournament seven and two after going one and six? Yeah. Jared Goff's up there. I, I mean, you look at what he did through the first six games. He had, I think, nine turnovers through six games. Not all his fault, but interceptions and fumbles. And they kind of get assigned to quarterbacks. But um, since then, he is clean, man. Best last six, seven weeks, statistically, best quarterback in football. Top two in some of the statistics. I mean, you'd have a hard time finding quarterbacks that have played better and been more productive and more careful with the football. How do they win it? Um, same recipe that, that has allowed them to turn this season around. Don't turn the ball over. They killed themselves early in the season with turnovers. Don't do that. Uh Take the ball away from the opponent. That's how they beat Green Bay the first time. Got a couple of red zone takeaways from uh, Aaron Rodgers. So uh, early in the season, they were scoring points, but killing themselves with turnovers, killing themselves with penalties. They've cut back on the penalties. They've cut way back on the giveaways to the point where they're now the number one team in the league in terms of fewest giveaways. And it's just not making it easy on the opponent. If you give Aaron Rodgers short fields, turnovers, they scored 28 points off turnovers against Minnesota last week. You can't win against them if you're giving them those kind of opportunities. So it's clean football, and I think it's important that this offense continues to produce the way that they produce most of the year. They're the fifth leading scoring team in the NFL. Got to keep putting up points, keep the pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay can run the ball, and the Lions oh, yeah. have – so don't you think sort of that the play, Carolina. The, the play in the box That's, is yeah. key here? No question. No question. It's, it's, it's huge. And, and you're right. And it's been funny because th- there are games where it has been problematic. You mentioned Carolina. That was a huge problem. And then if you go back the two games before that, it was Minnesota and the Jets. It was 39 carries for 72 yards that they had given up on the ground. And that includes playing against Dalvin Cook. So they've been really good against the run at times this year. And then at times it's like they'd never seen it before and haven't been able to stop it at all. So, yes, no doubt. Aaron Jones, great player. He's gashed the Lions before. He's a, is a threat from anywhere on the field to score a touchdown. You've got to find some way to slow those guys down because if they're running the ball effectively, it just makes Rodgers more effective. It's basic stuff, man. It's the stuff you get from every coach every week when you talk to him. What do you got to do this week? you got to stop the run. you got to make them one-dimensional. And, and, yes, that's a big part of it. When Charlie asked you, you know, uh, what was it that turned the season around? Why don't you do the sports radio thing? You go, well, they traded TJ Hawkinson, and that was an issue. It does seem really weird that they got rid of one of the best tight ends in the NFL, and next thing you know, the tight ends are producing. Is there any correlation there? 
I think it's really – I think it's less about TJ and more about this offense. I mean, look, TJ's a really good player. Um, I think it was a decision about they weren't going to pay him the kind of money it was going to take to keep him in the long run. And I think this offense with the weapons that they've got, now that they're healthy with Josh Reynolds, with DJ Chark, with Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams is back now, Swift, Jamal, the tight ends, all of whom are playing well, Brock Wright, James Mitchell, uh, Shane Zilstra – all those guys with those weapons, Show this off. offense clicks. So I, well, I'm just—it's <laughs> my job. These guys, though, with that with that offense, this just clicks. And I think it's—it is basically, you know, I don't—I don't assign that to TJ. I assign that to the job that Brad Holmes did in having the number of weapons that they have out there to choose from. And Jared Goff has done a phenomenal job at not trying to force it to anybody. And just going to whomever they're not covering because you can't cover everybody against this offense. And that's why they've been successful. And that's why they've been able to score so many points. Now, I don't even know if we'd be talking about, okay, need to, need to win, need a little help. Rams got to be Seattle. But let's look mm. at Dan Campbell, second year, a couple questionable decisions at the beginning of the season. Uh, what comes to mind is Minnesota and going for right. a field goal instead of going for it, instead of punting it. Uh, People were calling for his head. Have you seen growth in this guy? Not not as a leader of men, but schematically able to manage. Yeah, a I game. think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, I think we have seen that in in games where they have been better at managing the clock. And I think he also look that was kind of a, a moment in time where I think he realized he had one play with his biggest strength, his offense, to win that game in Minnesota back in week three. You had a third and four at the Minnesota 36-yard line. Excuse me, a fourth and four at the Minnesota 36-yard line. If you go for that and get it, game's over. Minnesota can't stop the clock. Game's over. Lions win the game. If you don't, they've got to go from the 36-yard line and try to score. Now, as it was, they tried the field goal. They had tried from the 44-yard line, and they ended up winning. I think that was a moment that he just said, I needed to trust my guys. I had one play to win the game versus – having to make numerous plays to win the game because they were only up three and the touchdown still would have beaten them. And after that game, he came right into the media and clearly visibly upset, said, that one's on me. I made the wrong decision and I cost my team the game. Um, and, and I think since then, yeah, I think there's been, look, there's still been gambles. There's still been the throw to Panay Sewell, which if it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, people ask why you're doing that. Um, there's still been different things that have worked out for him. He's still a coach who, who is not risk adverse. Um, but I don't think there's been anything that you would look at and say, oh my gosh, that absolutely cost them like he felt the Minnesota game did. Uh, any predictions? What do you think? Nah, you know what? I kind of got out you, of that. If I, if I said no they're going to win, everybody says you're the play-by-play guy. If I says you're going to, if I say you're going to lose, everybody's like, you're the play-by-play guy. Why are you saying they're going to lose? So Here's what I'll tell you. I, I'm really anxious to see how these guys play in this game. And a lot of it obviously depends on what happens with Seattle. But um, look, man, the, the thing that, that excites you about this team and this organization right now is that they have a lot of young players that are developing and getting better. And we haven't seen that around here where they draft a guy and he comes in and you see him become part of the solution versus being, I don't know if this guy's any good. I don't know if he's going to get a second contract. Now we got to draft somebody else at that position. 
And now we get to see these young players, and you can go up and down the roster and find them, second-year guys, first-year guys, that are a big part of this organization. Go into Green Bay on a Sunday night against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field, maybe for a playoff berth, maybe not, maybe just playing the role of spoiler, and see how they react. This is a big moment for them. It's a big growth moment for them. And I love what Dan Campbell said. He said it's a big game, and I'm going to tell him it's a big game, and I want him to understand it, and I want him to embrace it. Because in his words, we're going to be playing in a lot of big games around here, and this is just the first one. And I, I think that's really cool, and I agree with it. I think the foundation's being laid for some really nice things to happen around here. I think as it stands right now, if the season ends for them on Sunday, you look at it and you say, all right, know what you did. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, money to spend in free agency. At a minimum, we expect you to compete for the NFC North next year. It's been a while since we really felt like we could say that and mean it. So look, huge opportunity, cool opportunity. Want to see how these young guys play, but whatever happens, I love what's happened with this organization this year. And thankfully it's been flexed to a night game because we haven't had any primetime games this year and they kind of deserve that. But how has it changed for Dan Miller? Because I imagine, um, you know, when they're one in six, the end of October, everyone's coming up to you go, that team sucks. And now they're probably just you know, over. I mean, this town's going to explode. Let, let me tell you how it is for Dan Miller. Well, yeah. He's unlike Dan Campbell. He's risk averse, and he's not going to tell me how he thinks his game's going to play. <laughs> Very much so. No, the old bit of the new Mark. I, <laughs> no, Mark. I, I, I will tell you this: that is, you're a hundred percent right. Um, the best part of this gig is when they're playing well and fans are happy. The toughest part is when you go to the gas station or the grocery store or the restaurant and people want to tell you what's wrong with the franchise and how to fix it. And I get it. That's their passion coming through. And part of my job is I have to listen to them. And yeah. if they didn't feel that way and weren't – listen, if they didn't it's feel true. that way and weren't invested, then what I do wouldn't be possible. So I get it. But it's a lot more fun when you go out and they just want to yeah. give you a high five and say, man, that was unbelievable on Sunday. So, look, when they're one and six – it's hard. It's hard, man. You come home on Sunday night and you just collapse and you just sit down and you're like, all right, got to rev myself up for another week. And you go back to Allen Park and look, Campbell's a rock, never changes. He's, he's, a, he's a guy's guy. He's a dude. And you never run into a tough spot with him. He's a pro. He answers your questions and he's not changed one bit since the beginning. But you sit down with players. They're not in a good mood. They don't want to laugh. They don't want to do fun interviews. And I get it. And you're sick of asking them the same questions over and over about why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done this? There's nothing, nothing, nothing in my world better than winning. Nothing. We'll leave it at that, man. You are a winner, brother. You know that. Thanks for being on Dan Miller, Appreciate Voice of the Lions, and the sports director at Fox 2 News, man. Enjoy Lambo, brother. And hey, give me a shout out. Thanks, guys. <laughs> give me you a go, shout I just want to take a, you, at this time, I brought you by Charlie LaDuff and the No BS News Hour. That's my guy. I got <laughs> gotta, his office. You got to kick that in. You, you got, got my you fucking office, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you, man. Say hey to Woody and everybody. All right, Jennifer. Guys. All right, bye bye. Appreciate bye-bye. you. Thank you. You know, Dan is, I remember being in an airport and somehow it came up that I was from Detroit and this person was so intrigued. They didn't ask me anything. They said, do you know Dan Miller? I mean, they were just like enamored with him. And they said, tell him I think he, and they gave me all these compliments. So I sent him the message. He was like, wow, thanks. I mean, I don't know who this person was, but they, they associated Dan Miller or Detroit with Dan Miller. I mean, he's a class act. He is Detroit. Yeah. So speaking of which, and now. Now, in your political roundup. What happened? Didn't work. What happened? It didn't work. 
I thought it was. And now your political roundup, roundup, round. We we can't do a reverb in here. <laughs> no, apparently not. Fl- no, not we don't have fly. sound effects. Not on the fly. <laughs> not on the fly. Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. Try it now. Nope, no, uh, no. Try it now. Now I'm just pressing no. buttons wildly. Hello. Yeah, check. Which is always a terrible yeah. idea. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not an employee of Quakers or sleeping with one, please exit out the side door, door, door. You need a karaoke machine Did that, oh that my has all of that God, we'll fix it in post okay. okay now for your political roundup karen yes debbie stabenow <laughs> we called it charlie um she announced today that she would not seek re-election in 2025 no but we were hearing that there would be some movement in her office or in her position prior to uh and i guess you know calls were being made to her office and they were like no she's staying but keep in mind this is a long time between now and the actual end of her term so a lot can happen you mean she might resign and they might assign somebody the governor might assign somebody her seat like she did the supreme court of uh, the state that is what that's what we've been hearing yeah and then yeah you also said that doug might be making a run for governor and it looks like he's raising money 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 he's money. raising a ton of money he had a, a extremely large and successful uh fundraiser uh prior to the end of last year uh and that is the conversation people believe that he is gearing up uh, to run for governor now on another note uh, the water heater was leaking here at the coney island i needed you know being the maintenance man i needed some help i'm going through my phone i'm like god oh, that dude dude i know the plumber i know the plumber but i put in plumber it was Joe the Plumber. You remember Joe the Plumber? No. The guy I in do, 2008 yeah. when Obama came to Ohio and he's like, what about uh, small business people like me? They're going to be taxed under you. I called Joe. I'm like, is this Joe? Is this Joe the Plumber? He goes, well, uh, you, I used to be Joe the Plumber. I'm like, well, what is he now? Josephine? He's like, don't bother me. Oh. Don't. Bo- I don't want any part of the media. I don't want any pol- really? politics. And I go, what happened? Um you were the darling of the right. The left attacked you and the right abandoned you. He goes, you know, something like that. I go, oh, they got into your, your uh, taxes, huh? Mm-hmm. And, and your licensure, huh? He's like, yeah, something like that. Just keep me out of it. So anyway, shout out to Joe the Plumber. Wow. Um, Speaker of the House. Uh, what, what number are we at now with Kevin? At last count, it was 10. <laughs> yeah, 10, just uh, while we were recording. Yep. Yeah. I think this at is 10. beautiful. This is democracy at its best. It's a mess. That's how it should be. But I got a solution for the Republicans. Settle on another candidate, somebody you, with a, you think? <laughs> a great resume. Let's brain surgeon. You have an economics degree, a PhD from MIT. You're a Vietnam <laughs> War hero. You know who this would be? George Santos from Long <laughs> Island. Yeah, he's the sign his resume. This motherfucking liar out there, hey. motherfucker. I gotta tell you, whatever would, works. I would be so happy if they did that move. It would be so <laughs> ridiculous. I like ridiculous. This is this is comedy. It, it's comedy central. That's exactly what it is. Because nobody knows what they're doing up there, right? You and know, it shows. Yeah, I was busy all afternoon. Biden gave a speech on the border. He's gonna, you know, thirty thousand people from Cuba and Venezuela and Haiti and Nicaragua get to come in. Thirty thousand gonna get kicked out, which leaves twenty thousand who are gonna get in. We still got another hundred fifty. It was bullshit. There's, there's no answer. This is bullshit. But I give him some credit for playing the political game because while the Republicans are in disarray, mm-hmm. he can slide down there, make his appearance, and forget all about it. 
He, he hopes so, Charlie. But I mean, if anybody really pays attention to this, this is an indication of just how screwed up things are, how screwed up the people are that we have in place making decisions on our behalf. This is this shouldn't be okay for I mean, none of this is okay and we should not be okay with it. And that's what my new BFF, Chris Cuomo, is saying. Oh. <laughs> Wants me to go down to the border, but I can't get down to the border. I got personal family business to attend to. So if tell them to send a private jet and, and you'll consider it. Money. It's here. Because you're helping him do his job. Well, I, I we don't have the license for that song. Uh, oh, we don't. Well, if you sing it, you can do it. <laughs> Right? I just like your response, though. <laughs> but, you know, uh, so we'll, we'll get something done. I'll be on there tomorrow night. Again, twice in a week. That's or, good. I know. It's, mm, he likes you, Charlie. I wonder what, I wonder He's what, better with you on there. I don't want Tucker hating I was going to say, Tucker's going to get jealous. I know. He's going to get jealous. <laughs> I don't know triangle. what to do. <laughs> All these boys fighting over me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> what's, a, what's a girl to do? <laughs> Shoot. I, it's just the date. It's platonic. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. <laughs> Hey, we got a picture of our billboard. Look, uh, that's your billboard, Charlie. There's well, not me. There's not Jesus. There's not Mark. There's not Brett. Nobody. You'll just be you. next. You'll be next. No, I don't want to be next. I don't, oh. I don't want anybody seeing me. That's fine. <laughs> Waste up. <laughs> Waste up. No, neck up. <laughs> that's nice. LaDuff is on it. I like that. Okay, there we go. It's up. Got the website almost ready to go. There's the billboard. We are rocking. We are top 200. We love y'all. And this is going to be a wild year. Sorry for the negativity. It wasn't negative. No, that it was wasn't. On, that was honest. And we'd like to remind you here at the No Bullshit News Hour, if you see a dead man, please report it. Thank you. We'll see you Monday for the No Bullshit Lunch Hour. 12 o'clock sharp. <laughs>